Welcome to the Heavy Duty Parts Report. This podcast is presented by the Heavy Duty Consulting Corporation and hosted by our CEO, Jamie Irvin. At the Heavy Duty Consulting Corporation, we work with manufacturers, distributors, and repair shops who want to grow their business. Do you have a problem that you would like some help with? We have developed fault codes for heavy duty parts businesses, just like they have for commercial trucks. Find out how many fault codes your business has and how you stack up against dozens of other heavy-duty parts businesses. Head to heavydutyconsulting.com and schedule a meeting with us today. All right, let's start this episode. Are you ready to get expert advice about which parts you should be buying for your heavy-duty commercial trucks and trailers? You're listening to the Heavy-Duty Parts Report. I'm your host, Jamie Irvin, and this is the place where my guests and I provide industry news and expert advice about the heavy-duty parts you need to keep your trucks and trailers rolling, lower your cost per mile, and keep you informed about what's happening in the industry. Let's get started. Welcome to episode three, where we're going to talk about cost per mile versus purchase price. And there's three key points in this episode. One, the race to the bottom hurts everyone. Two, Purchase price is not the most important metric. And three, you're going to learn about the best way to create more profit for your business. Now, you want the best price possible for the parts that you purchase. Your parts distributor wants to make as much money as possible on the heavy-duty parts they sell you. Now, you need each other, but your needs are diametrically opposed. And it seems like it's an intractable problem. But in this episode, You're going to learn how to work with your parts distributor in a way that aligns your mutual needs and lowers your overall cost of operation. I'm really looking forward to sharing this information with you. But first, I need to talk to you about something that parts distributors commonly call the race to the bottom. Because on the surface, it looks like it's good for the fleets and repair shops that are buying the parts. But in actuality, it's just plain bad for everyone. Now, it might feel like parts have never been more expensive. But if you factor for inflation, most parts are cheaper today, and that's because of the race to the bottom. And I'll explain how it works. As our economy has expanded over the years, more and more distributors started selling heavy-duty parts. As the number of distributors increased, the supply chain outpaced the demand. And when I started in the heavy-duty parts industry, there was a clear line between dealers who sold new OEM parts at a premium price and aftermarket distributors who only sold remanufactured parts at a discount. But that clear line is not so clear anymore. Enter the impact of globalization, and North America got a flood of cheap aftermarket heavy-duty parts manufactured by unknown factories overseas. And these parts were distributed by anybody who had enough money to buy a container load of knockoff parts. In fact, many of the parts distribution companies today got their start this way. Now, quality was all over the map, but the purchase price was so low that to many, they just couldn't ignore the gap between OEM parts and these aftermarket knockoffs. And so in those early years, many people paid a heavy price with unscheduled downtime and fines for using parts that didn't meet safety standards or OEM specifications. In time, though, product quality of what is now called offshore aftermarket parts has really improved quite dramatically. And many remanufacturers were actually put out of business by being replaced by independent distributors who form buying groups that started to rival the buying power of truck dealer networks. Once the aftermarket buying groups started taking significant market share from the dealers, 
the dealer networks responded by going to the same offshore manufacturers and buying parts under something called white label programs. That's where the products are being shipped to the dealers with their own unique brand and labels, but they're being manufactured by the same people. The dealers still promoted their OEM parts, but now they offered a second line of parts that were approved by the dealers and were quote-unquote met or exceeded OEM specifications. Now, all this competition was definitely initially very good for the fleets and repair shops who purchased these parts, but it did spark what is commonly called the race to the bottom. Now, this is specifically how the race to the bottom works. The distributor, who you like best and provides you with great service, gets most of your business. They put, let's say, a 30% markup on all the parts they sell you. So if it costs them $100, they sell it to you for $130. Now, you buy from the other distributor in town when you need to, but they only get, let's say, 10% of your business. And because they get so little business from you, they don't really discount any of their prices except on their feature pricing, their specials, things that come out on a flyer. Now, this works pretty good, especially if the economy is doing well and your rates have been really strong, and you've been so busy that you don't have time to check prices anyway. You just phone and order the parts from your preferred distributor. They show up, you're happy, they're happy, and business carries on. But here's what happens. A new distributor comes to town, and they really want your business. So they decide that they're going to buy your business with some fantastic initial pricing. And once you start doing business with them, they fully plan on raising your prices. This is actually part of their strategy. And this is how it plays out in real time. On Monday morning, the new distributor sends a salesperson over to your office. They walk in with a box of donuts and a flyer. The salesperson spends about 15 minutes talking to two of your mechanics about the weather and what they did on the weekend. And you're actually annoyed because... Those mechanics are supposed to be working, and this salesman's wasting their time. You walk over, and the salesperson introduces themselves and hands you a credit application to set up a new account with them, a flyer with really hot pricing, and that box of donuts. Now, boldly featured on the front of the flyer is a price on brakes that makes your jaw drop, or drums, or some other very high-moving part. You play it cool, and you tell the person that you'll think about it. Now, the salesperson leaves, and that salesperson genuinely thinks that they have done a great job. And they'll proudly put on their sales report that you are a prospect that will be signing up for a new account any day now. And as soon as you sign up with that new account, they fully expect that you're going to buy thousands of dollars in parts. Now, on Tuesday, the distributor that you don't buy a lot from, maybe give them about 10% of your business, they come in with a box of muffins because they think that differentiates themselves from all the other salespeople who drop off donuts, but you hate muffins, so it doesn't work anyway. That salesperson wastes two of your mechanics' time for 15 minutes and finally makes their way to your office. You get your revenge by asking them to quote you on breaks, and although you don't mention the new distributor, the flyer is on your desk. Now, most salespeople learn to read upside down, so the salesperson is aware of the distributor, the product, and the price because they see the flyer on your desk. They know why you're asking for a quote, but they're hopeful that because you're putting this out to bid, this is an opportunity for them to take advantage of that and get some more of your business. Maybe they can push it from 10% to 20 or 25. The salesperson puts in their sales report that that rotten new distributor in town is muddying up the water for everyone. But, like I said, they really hope that you are genuine about looking for a new brake supplier, and they submit a quote with a slightly cheaper price. And here's where the race to the bottom starts to pick up speed. 
because the first distributor tried to buy your business with low pricing. The second distributor comes in at a slightly less price, driving the price down basically to the bottom. Now, interestingly enough, no one up to this point has talked to you exactly about what they're trying to sell you. They may say things that are buzzwords like, these brakes are 23,000 pound premium brakes. Or they might say, well, they meet and exceed OEM specifications. But you don't get a lot more information than that from them. On Wednesday, your preferred distributor comes in for their weekly visit. They have the donuts that you really like. And they even make sure that there's a few extra of your favorite type, just so that you know they're thinking about you. And you like that. They're so thoughtful. They talk to everyone in the building. But that's okay. Because you really enjoy doing business with this person, they give you great service, you think to yourself, how else are they going to serve you if they don't know what's going on in your place of business? So it doesn't feel as much of an intrusion as the other two salespeople. Now you ask them what they've been charging you for breaks. And if you're really, really keen, you'll notice that their complexion goes a little pale. They tell you what they've been charging you, and you show them your two quotes at significantly cheaper prices. Now at this point, one of two things is going to happen. The first thing that might happen is they'll just match the price. And if this happens when they leave, I can promise you that they're going to call their sales manager. They're going to complain about those darn competitors who are only selling on price. And the sales manager and the salesperson are going to agree that you're a valuable customer. And so it's just the cost of doing business. Besides, these competitors won't be around for too long anyway if they continue to sell at such small margins. And at least they're getting all of your other business, which is sold at that, you know, 25, 30% markup. The other way it might go is the salesperson will talk to you about quality. And they're going to remind you of the time that you bought those offshore valves back in 1998. And they're going to scare you into staying with what you know. They're going to say something like, I'll talk to my sales manager and see if I can help you out a little bit. And you're happy with that in the end. You get a 10% discount on the brakes you've been buying all along. And you're comfortable with that anyway. Once the other distributors find out that they're not going to get your brake business, they decide to try another product and another product, and another product. And the cycle continues, and slowly, the price goes down on everything. So far, you might be thinking, that sounds great for me, Jamie. What's the problem? Well, as with most things in the world, you rarely get more than you pay for. Something happens at this point that is unexpected. The economy starts to take a bit of a slide. Your rates start to be driven down. Things aren't so busy anymore. And this gives you more and more time to price and shop. And you find yourself playing the price game now every single day. Whereas before, you didn't even check price once. You just ordered the parts from your preferred supplier. They took care of you. All was good. So as the profit margins for these distributors you deal with are driven down, that's where the expression, the race to the bottom, comes from. As in, which distributor will drop their prices to below cost first? The distributors are forced to make some really tough decisions, and these are decisions that aren't good for you. Initially, they're just going to accept the lower margins, and they're going to try to sell either a wider range of products to their existing customers, or they're going to try to increase the number of customers they deal with to increase their overall volume, making up for lost profit. But this has a negative impact on you. They won't have enough profit to invest in increased infrastructure, so they're just going to try to do more with less. The inevitable result is that they're going to be less focused on you and your needs because they flat out don't have the resources to give you the attention that you really deserve, the attention they used to give you. So that preferred distributor 
is going to slowly start to let their service level slide. And they're not doing it on purpose. It's just a reality of the economics. And eventually, they will decide that they're going to have to do something that up until now they've been trying to avoid. They're going to start sourcing lower-priced products to sell to you to try to restore their margins. This means your preferred distributor is going to start selling you lower-quality parts on top of already having diminished service levels. And inevitably, something's going to go wrong. You're going to have an unexpected breakdown, you're going to be upset, and you're going to find yourself increasingly frustrated with this once-favorite supplier. Now, in your frustration, you're going to decide that you need to keep everyone honest. And so you're going to start spreading your business around to the various parts distributors in your area. And as I mentioned, the number of parts distributors is growing. So you've got a lot of people you can spread that business around to. But this has an unintended consequence that you might not have thought about. By reducing the amount you spend with any one distributor, you dilute your buying power and you're downgraded from an A-plus customer to a B or even C customer. This means that you get reduced service levels and anything that you do buy that isn't a featured part on sale, you're actually going to pay a higher price for in the end than if you consolidated your purchases and weren't so focused on price. So that's a little bit of history and what the race to the bottom is all about. And it has a negative impact on everybody. Which brings me to this discussion of purchase price versus cost per mile. Now the solution to this whole problem of the race to the bottom is actually counterintuitive. Because I'm going to recommend to you that you start paying more for your parts. How can paying higher prices be better for you? Well, it all comes down to the idea that you rarely get more than you pay for, which I mentioned before. All things being equal, higher prices are an indication of higher quality. I know sometimes it feels like distributors are price gouging, but in the aftermarket, that is rarely the case. It's really quite simple. Most distributors have tens of thousands of parts in their inventory. They don't have time to price each part, so they use formulas. Most distributors have around five levels of pricing. Level five pricing would be considered over-the-counter prices for walk-in customers. Think about a single truck driver who owns one truck and is paying with a credit card. Level four pricing, this is the first level of discounted prices off of their list price. Now, this level of pricing is for small repair shops and fleets that purchase a few thousand dollars a year. They often pay with a credit card, although they might have a credit account. Level three pricing is the price that most fleets and repair shops with a credit account are given. It is approximately 20 to 25% above the distributor's cost across the board. Now, if you buy between $10,000 and let's say $100,000 in parts each year from this distributor, this is the kind of price level that you're probably getting. Now, it is important to note that some of these formulas are more sophisticated than others, so sometimes they will go a little leaner on what they consider A-moving parts like brakes and drums and oil and filters, but they'll go a little higher margins on B, C, and D-moving parts, which might be like an air compressor that you'll only buy once a year. Level 2 pricing is a price that requires usually the local branch manager or a sales manager to authorize. This is the go-to price level that a salesperson will quote you when there is a price pressure coming from another competitor. So in that situation where you show them a quote, or even if you don't show them, you just say, hey, I want a quote on breaks, and they can read upside down, they see there's a flyer on your desk, then they're going to go to this kind of like level two pricing. And it can be somewhere around 
15% above cost. They'll try to only use this level of pricing on select high-moving products like brakes, drums, lighting, and other high-volume part numbers. You might also get this price for everything you buy if you purchase between $100,000 and $500,000 a year in parts. Now, level 1 pricing. This is the ultimate price. It's reserved for large national accounts and key accounts that purchase, let's say, $500,000 a year or more in parts. It can be anywhere from 7 to 10% above cost. Now, every distributor calls these price levels something different, and the parameters they use around who qualifies for each price level and what algorithm they're going to use to decide what price to give you, it can all differ a little bit from one distributor to another. But what I describe to you in general terms is the rule of thumb and how it actually works. My point is simply that if your price is higher, it's because the part costs the distributor more. And the reason it costs the distributor more is usually because something about the manufacturing process drove up the cost. Typically, the things that drive up manufacturing costs are higher quality materials, longer lasting service intervals, and or better technology and overall performance. Therefore, I recommend that you pay higher prices for your parts. Let's go back to the example of buying brakes. We're going to get into a detailed discussion about brakes in episode 4. But for the purpose of our discussion today, I want to explain something to you about brakes. When you manufacture a brake, the labor accounts for only 20% of the total cost. And since brakes are either manufactured in South America or Asia, the cost of labor is pretty consistent in those two regions. The cost of producing the table and the web, that's the, the steel, the metal, is also pretty consistent. And the cost of shipping products to North America is also relatively consistent from one manufacturer to another. Well, what does that mean? It means that as much as 60 to 80% of the cost of a brake is in the brake block. So if you're presented with a brake that is 50% cheaper than what you've been buying, it means that the only place they could have saved any money was by taking some high-quality components out of the brake block itself to bring down the total cost of manufacturing. The brake block is what makes a brake work well or poorly. It's the difference between brakes lasting for multiple years or burning up in six months. It's the difference between a brake being easy on drums or chewing them up, providing good braking performance at the bottom of a large hill, or extreme fade after heating up from that first trip down the side of a mountain. You rarely get more than you pay for. So if you buy cheap parts, you're going to get cheap performance, and that's going to drive up downtime and drive down your profit. Conversely, if you buy high-quality parts, you're going to get higher performance out of the parts, which is going to drive down things like downtime and your total cost of operation, and it's going to drive up your profit. Now, remember at the outset of this episode, I said, it seems your needs and the needs of your parts distributor are diametrically opposed. But I promised you that you will learn how to work with your parts distributor in a way that aligns your mutual needs and lowers your overall cost of operation. So I'm going to share with you a strategy that I recommend to all of my customers, and I want you to really think about using this with your preferred parts distributor. So here's the strategy. Step one, invite the salesperson to have a 30-minute meeting with you and schedule a time that you can talk and not be interrupted. Now, just for the purpose of giving you some insight into what it's like to be a salesman and get one of these calls, 
he's going to think you're calling him in to get rid of him. So that's why it's so important in step two, you explain that you value them as a distributor and that you want to work more closely together to improve the performance of your equipment and reduce the total cost of operations. The salesman or saleswoman is going to be ecstatic to hear this. Now, the third step is that I want you to ask the salesperson to help you calculate the cost per mile of high wear or high dollar parts. I recommend that you start with your brake shoes, drums, spring brakes, oil, filters, fuel, and tires. Step four, once you have baseline metrics, you can then leverage the distributor's relationships with manufacturers to recommend ways to improve your performance. So did you notice this? I didn't say leverage or take advantage of your distributor. I said that you want to use this baseline metrics that your salesperson has helped you achieve to leverage the relationship they have with manufacturers to find out ways that you can improve the performance of your equipment. Step five, don't be complacent and don't be satisfied. Keep testing, keep expanding the parts you are measuring. Include things like your air system, your compressors, valves, fan clutches, water pumps, lights, alternators, starters, airbags, shocks, driveline, transmission, gear, and other parts. Step six, although I recommend that you protect your buying power by consolidating your purchases with as few suppliers as possible, I also believe it is in your best interest to put a request for quote, also known as an RFQ, process in place when required so that when you send out these RFQs with the specifications that you're asking for, you get an apples-to-apples quote from the distributors available to you. There's nothing worse than trying to figure out, okay, uh, should I use this brake or should I use that brake? I don't know. And that's why we're going to talk about that in episode four. But the point is, is you want to make sure that you put this request for quote process in place so that whenever you do want to quote, you have a specific step-by-step process all laid out for your distributors to follow so you guarantee that you're getting an apples-to-apples quote comparison. Step seven, over time, your distributors may become a little complacent themselves. Now, key people in your distributors organization may get a career advancement opportunity. Or another huge problem is is a lot of really good people are retiring right now. And what happens when really good people leave one of your distributors that you buy from? Sometimes service levels may decline. So I recommend that you get your preferred distributor to work with you to develop a simple way to track their performance. Get them involved in establishing the metrics that you will evaluate their service on. And then you just have to hold them accountable to what they have put in place themselves. Now, if you're thinking this is a lot of work, you're right. It can be a lot of work to set up. But here's the magic thing. You're the customer. Get your suppliers to do most of the heavy lifting. Trust me. They're going to be tripping over themselves to help you with this because I imagine that this will probably be the first and only time in their career that a customer will ask them to get involved in their business at this level. By leveraging the resources that these distributors and manufacturers have at their disposal, you're going to make your business more profitable. And this is going to empower you to compete with competitors that are putting price pressure on you in whatever it is that you do. I hope that I've given you something to think about and that you'll seriously consider the cost per mile and the total cost of operation instead of just the purchase price when buying heavy-duty parts. Next episode, we're going to talk about how to put the brakes on buying cheap 
and we're going to have our first expert guest to help us make the best decision on which brakes we should be using for our specific application. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to visit heavydutypartsreport.com for complete show notes of every episode, links to anything we talked about, and don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. HCA Truck Pride is the heart of the Independent Parts and Service Channel. They have 750 parts stores and 450 service centers conveniently located across the U.S. and Canada. Visit heavydutypartsreport.com slash HDA Truck Pride today to find a location near you. Again, that's heavydutypartsreport.com slash HDA Truck Pride and let the heart of the Independent Service Channel take care of your commercial equipment.